0: Hey everyone, welcome to another action-packed episode of ARG Presents. I'm Amigo Aaron, joined as always by Mr. Blue Sky himself, John, boat of Car Schaller.
1: Mr. Blue Sky! Oh
0: man, ELO's rolling over in their graves, and they're not even dead! Oh. Oh! So, if you joined us last week, you'll recall that the wheel was spun, the deal was made for us to play games on the beloved Sega Genesis... Slash Mega Drive. Bo, did you ever own a Genesis in your long illustrious console owning career? I
1: have. I've owned both the original Genesis and the Model 2. The first model Genesis being vastly superior.
0: It's cooler looking. It isn't looks it? which awesome. is why I went for the first model. Uh, just a little bit about the uh, Mega Drive slash Genesis. Of course, this thing was released at different pl- times and different places. In North America, this was released on August 14th of '89, just under the wire uh, of the '80s. In uh, Japan, released just a little, uh, a little bit earlier, as in a year, bam, October of '88. Mm. And then you got your uh, PAL versions uh, sometime around September of '90. So that was it's funny, they, they staggered it by about a year uh, between the two. Now this was not a big seller in Japan. Uh, uh, it pretty much got trounced. Uh, for the most part, but it ended up rallying in uh, America and in in, uh, in Europe. It was very popular in Brazil. Brazilians loved the Master System, so they just cruised right on up to this, right? Um, this thing uh, has a 68,000 processor in it. If you're a fan of our other show, Amigos, you'll know that that's a pretty popular processor in the Amiga line. And uh, so you had some back-and-forth porting uh, that went on there. Uh, this... Uh, this thing was uh, available uh, from Sega. It they made this thing from 1988 all the way to 1997. Wow, which is a hell of a run. Yeah, and it was it was pretty popular. And of course, it duked it out with uh, the Super Nintendo, and uh, briefing the Nintendo for the uh, for the main spot of that era, and it and at various times pulled had pulled ahead. Uh, now I I think overall in sales I'm not sure. You think the Genesis jumped ahead? I think Super Nintendo probably ended up selling more. I don't know. I think worldwide... I can tell you the figures for this, anyway. This thing sold 30.75 million units Mm -hmm. worldwide. And then uh, they licensed it to a few other places that sold some tech toy, which I believe they sell the Brazilian version. $3 $3 million, Yeah, I, I think the
1: Genesis had a longer lifespan than the Super Nintendo on the market, so it probably
0: sold more, more consoles. So do you want to guess the best-selling game for the uh, Genesis? This is a real tough one. I'm going to guess, uh, is it one of the Sonic games? It's Sonic the Hedgehog. All right. 15 million units. Wow. Um, of course, uh, the launch price of this uh, in the United States mm-hmm. was $189. All right. Not bad.
1: It's uh, very similar to the. I think the the Super Nintendo
0: launched around the same around the same price. Right, and in and by today's money, that'd be three hundred eighty six bucks. So you know that's. It sounds like a ton, but uh, it's not as much as, as you would think. Uh, the Genesis did have some online capabilities. Did it have what Nintendo? don't? It did. Mm. Uh, it had a thing called X Band. Uh, which my brother actually has one of the X-Band cartridge. I, I've never actually seen one in use. Now, have you ever done any of the networking stuff? Yeah, like the, this? the Super Nintendo also had an X-Band right. modem. That's had, right. And uh,
1: I played it for the first time at our friend uh, Mike and Jamie's house. Oh, they yeah? had one back in the day.
0: Uh, they also, now I remember hearing about this, they had the Sega Mega Net and the Sega Channel. I And my friend
1: Joey had the Sega Channel. Really? Do you remember how that worked? Yeah, it was a cartridge and it plugged in. It had like a phone line or something that came into it. And uh, you basically downloaded games over over you know a broadband or not a broadband a <laughs> modem connection, <laughs> you know over a T one line like everybody had in 1989.
0: How did it work? Do you remember if it worked pretty well? It seemed yeah. like it would work okay. Yeah, I mean
1: the games were pretty small. Because
0: I guess it would just and, write the game to the cartridge, yeah. and when you'd play until it was done. So effectively, you would have the cartridge until you were done. And with the, it. the
1: cartridge was also the UI, so there was a menu, and you just scroll through and you pick the game that you wanted. Um, I don't know that they offered you know. Uh, Top tier titles on the Sega Channel. It was sort of, I think, akin to, uh, uh, you know, the lower lower class of games. But yeah, it was definitely the first thing of its kind that I ever saw. Even though Atari also had, did you know that they had I, they had a I similar do service? Do recall, yeah. And they even mm-hmm. had a, uh,
0: they even made a tape uh, a tape drive for the Atari Twenty Six Hundred, which was uh, pretty un- unusual. Mm-hmm. I believe it, it. even had a version of like Frogger on it. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of neat. So we would be remiss uh, if we didn't talk about the Genesis. And it's crazy peripherals. Now, some of which I'm sure we'll come will play one of these days when the wheels spun. But uh, the Genesis had, had quite a few nutty peripherals and, and add-ons. Uh, again, this is, your, this is your first model here. Uh, and one thing about the first model is it outputted its sound in, in mono, basically. And so if you wanted stereo for this, you actually have to take your sound out. Via the headphone jack, mm. it is stereo, which I always thought that was kind of weird. And there, are, of course, you could mod these things out the yin yang. This one should be modded to work better because it's not—it's <laughs> on again, off again. This one has the cool volume control too, so you could get wacky peripherals. And the, and the and the first thing that came out for it. Was the add-on CD. Now, did you ever know anyone that had one of these add-on CD uh, elements? I knew a
1: guy that had the all-in-one um, unit that was produced by JVC. Sure,
0: the real... It looks like a little CD player mm-hmm.
1: almost. But yeah, I yeah. never had that was, somebody that just rammed it on the side. Yeah, that
0: was well... That was well on. Now, of course, the, on this version, uh, this thing plugged... This thing was... I think this one was set in it, I believe. Mm-hmm. I think they both did. And then uh, um, you'd have your CD over here. Uh, and then you also had... Uh, a uh, uh these x 30 the 32x which was like a uh it's kind of a mushroom shaped deal that just spits in the cartridge slot it's got its own cartridge slot and it would play 32x games i actually got one of these things the problem with all these wacky peripherals is well there's a bunch of problems actually and one of which is you have to power them all separately this is a colossal pain uh, because you've got your power jack here and then you've got to have th- you've got three huge power bricks uh, sort of the inverse problem of the Coleco Atom. <laughs> we just got one massive <laughs> yeah. one. My God, can you mention three of those things? You'd oh probably blow a hole in the floor. <laughs> yeah. But these ain't small. Something else, if you're using different versions of the Genesis, you could have different video cables to hook into these various items because, for example, the 32X, it plugs in here. All right, easy enough. Then you've got to run the video from this. To the 32x, and then you have another cable that goes from the 32x to your television, right? Wow. Plus, added bonus, the much more popular and much more widely sold model two takes a different video out than this, so you have to have a special cable for just this type right here, which you had to and which I had to buy separately. Luckily, they're not too hard to get, but still, pain in the butt. And so, on top of everything else, uh, you've got a cartridge slot plugging into another cartridge slot. So if you've got dirty pins or uh, uh, any weird connections, then it's not gonna work, which I had to clean the heck out of mine. So yeah, a lot of people think those crazy peripherals sunk this thing like a stone. And uh, the 32X, as famously is known, was released directly before before the Saturn came out. Mm -hmm. So everyone knew that, why would you buy this? And no one did, and so there you go. But that's a topic for another time. We're going to talk about this thing when it was in its prime. It was punching out the good stuff. And we've picked a couple uh, titles here, sort of at random, to uh, to talk about. Uh, I will go first this week. I'll lead the charge boat, if I, if I may. And we're going to talk about uh, the adventures of Batman and Robin. Now, this is a Batman property, clearly. And this is... Uh, a property that is that is from the animated series. <clears throat> uh, so before we get into the game, I want to talk a little bit about the animated series of which I am a big fan. I'm, I love this show. I watched the I watched the debut episode when it debuted in America on primetime. I think it was on Leather Wings was the very first episode that I ever saw, and uh, I have got the whole run on DVD. Love it. Love the love the show. And so I was looking at this game with a critical eye. So. Um, this show ran for a long time in, in, in various ways. Uh, it, it debuted on uh, September 5th, 1992, and then the original Batman: The Animated Series ran until '95. Uh, the reason this is called Batman: The Adventures of Batman and Robin is at, at a certain point in the run of the series, uh, Fox decided to add, have them change the title, and have Robin be a continual character. Uh, to appeal to more kids. <clears throat> I will say, normally I would be appalled, but they actually made Robin out to be pretty awesome in this show. In fact, they had several Robins, uh, just like in the comics, and uh, Ro- the original Robin from Batman the Animated Series ended up becoming Nightwing, and then they had another Robin come in, Jason Todd, uh, and he was still a pretty cool character. Which one got killed by the Joker? In the comics, Jason Todd got killed. He was the least popular <laughs> Robin. <laughs> um, that's a very famous... It's a very famous graphic novel or, or comic series called *The Killing Joke*. And I believe that was *The Killing Joke*, and uh, uh, it's very popular. I mean, it's of all the Batman's ever released, I'd say it's probably the number one most famous thing that they ever did. Was killing off for the Joker, killed off for Jason Todd, uh, but uh, that stuff didn't really happen. Although he met a different fate. If you watch *The anime, Jason, just go watch it. I'm not gonna try to get into that because that's years and years away. So, this game came out uh, right when they had swapped over to the new title. With the new title, uh, again, every episode would feature Robin more prominently, which wasn't a a, a huge deal. So this game came out in uh, uh, February of 95. Now actually it got a release in Europe earlier, one month earlier, Uh, so for for once they got the title before uh, we did in America. It was developed by an outfit called Clockwork Tortoise. Um, their opening screen on here it looks like it was drawn by a four-year-old. I don't <laughs> know what they were going for there, but it, it was I didn't like it. So, what is this game? Well, the game is sort of what you would think it would be. Um, you, you get to choose between Batman and Robin, and you could have one or two players simultaneous, in which case someone plays Batman and someone plays Robin. And you go through the game uh, to beat these various levels, and the levels are split up like episodes of the show, uh, and, which I'll get into in a little while. But you, each each uh, major level has th- four or five like minor levels in it, and maybe a few like lower level bosses that are related to the main bad guy, uh, and that's how it goes. It's pretty standard fare really for this for this sort of stuff. Um, so. The premise of this game is uh, you're you're eventually going after Mr. Freeze, who's sort of the heavily billed bad guy in this. Uh, Mr. Freeze appeared in the animated series in one of the cinematic releases, or it's actually probably directly a DVD of uh, Mr. Freeze, ep- basically an hour and twenty-minute long episode uh, that they did with just Mr. Freeze. He was a pretty prominent. Did character. he make all
1: kinds of awesome puns like Arnold did? No, uh, no,
0: it's Arnold. funny. Um, just as a, a slight sidebar, I was a big fan of the show, and I hated all the bo- the movie Batman's. I really, I, I thought the first one was okay. I tolerated the second one, and then that was the end of my patience with the Batman <laughs> series. I was done. And of course, now it's in vogue to make fun of these things, but trust me, they've all. They've, I really haven't liked any of them that much. The first one was okay, but even it wasn't that great, uh, in my opinion. And so, uh, the animated series had a theatrical release, and it was called The Mask of the Phantasm. Uh, And it came out, and I can't quite remember the year, but I remember it was wintertime, because I remember I was on my way to see it when when my car stopped with me, my mom, and I think Brent in the car. So I had to hike across the interstate down over a hill to somebody's house to get somebody to come help us. Oh my gosh. And I remember being so mad, I was like, well, I'm not gonna be going to see Batman tonight. (laughs) But I ended up seeing like the next day, and it was so much better. If you haven't seen Mask of the Phantasm, I urge you to go see it. It's a great, great film, and uh, it crushes anything that had been released at that point. Now, the newer Batman's that have been released in the past few years are more tolerable. Uh, they thieve a lot of stuff from the animated series, uh, but they're still not great. If you want to see good quality Batman adventures, the DC animated universe is the way to go. So, anyway, it was it was easy to, to it, it seems like it would be easy to take the elements that made up Batman and put them in a game. Um, and this game did so with sort of mixed results, uh, in my opinion. So, like I said, you've got various levels. Let's talk about these different levels and sort of the ep- in the episodic way that they're presented. The first episode is called Happy Birthday to Me, and it's a Joker episode. Now, if you watch... Now, are these actually based on episodes from the not, series? Okay. These are not. And by the way, this isn't the first game to do this, and it wouldn't be the last. It was... Uh, the the Nintendo the Super Nintendo version of uh, of the Batman animated show did a very um, did the exact same thing but the game is radically different uh, not radically but it's just it's a different game it's not the same game so it's not something that you haven't seen before so in this one you're trying to stop the Joker uh, he him and his gang are basically robbing a bank a jewelry store that's not really a coherent thing theme to these things. It's not like a bunch of cutscenes and there's no animation there's no voice there's none of that stuff which is a sh- sort of a shame. Uh, so <clears throat> in the first in the first level of this one uh, like I said you're going after the Joker's gang and the, the gang is presented like clowns. Some of the clowns are big oafy guys some of them have guns. Uh, you know it's a generic b- beat'em up stuff and it's split into like an upper and lower level. Uh, Sort of like bad dudes. In in some ways. In fact, there's another level in this skin that's really, really like bad dudes. But basically, uh, you're Batman or Robin, and you've got really a couple attacks. You've got like a a, a projectile that you could upgrade. Then you've got just sort of a generic Batarang. And then when the guys get close to you, that Batarang turns into punches and kicks. so right out of the gate, I had a trouble with this game. And the, the reason I had trouble, I have trouble with any of these games where Batman throws like four million Batarangs. Now, even if you've only seen the movies, you would know that Batman doesn't, he'd have to have a sack of Batarangs. He, he throws
1: them like he's dealing cards. That's I right. Mean, he's
0: a but he ain't. <laughs> and, and and the fact that Batman's using all these projectiles, it always irritates me. It, and you have to use them. You don't have a choice. Right. Um, <clears throat> The the fact that these low level flunkies give Batman so much trouble that irritates me too. Batman's skills as a detective kind of downplayed in this time. Not a <laughs> not a not a not a peep. Of course, Roy, really, that's like the bad guys are being subtle, right? You know, I mean, the first level, the whole screen shaking, this crap, you know, it's crazy time. So this is good. I knew right there. I was like, this is going to be one of those, and it is. I mean, this is more akin to something like a Contra mm-hmm. than it would be to a Batman game. Yeah. If if Contra could go fisticuffs with you, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, The second thing I noticed right out of the gate was this game was merciless. (laughs) I mean, I played this game a lot this week, and I never beat the first... I never beat Harley in her tank. That's how I would get beat there every time. I couldn't get past the first level, and I played. I tried
1: really, really hard, and I could not do it.
0: It is difficult, and the key to it is because the first actual stage was not that tough. When, what what makes it tough is when the guys come out with those guns. Mm-hmm. They come in pairs, and they, sh- they have like a triple shot, and they shoot uh, in different directions at you, and it's really tough to very dodge. To, mm-hmm. It's very
1: hard to avoid them.
0: On top of that, you've got these big clowns that come out and that you have to deal with, and they're real tough mm-hmm. uh, to deal with. But I could, get past, I could get to the point where the game gives you the ability to have six continues, which sounds like a lot, but it's not. Right, because you only get two lives. Right, and so... I could get to the point where Harley Quinn comes up with her tank, the birthday tank, and she would. Oh, I never got past her. So you know what that meant. I had to resort to trying to cheat, I had to resort to watching videos. Were you able like. to get, I
1: couldn't figure out, there is a level select
0: code that I I,
1: found. I never got it to work I couldn't once. get it to work either.
0: <clears throat> no, I had to download some save games and play with an emulator, which mm. I don't like to do. Um, so, like I said, the boss on that level is Harley, she comes out in a tank. All right, it's it's a odd. Um, it's okay. Harley is a is what a lot of people don't know this, but Harley was a unique character to the show. She didn't exist in the comic books. They mm-hmm. made her up for the show. Yeah. So I always thought that was kind of cool. And of course now she's, you know, she's huge. one of the biggest stars yeah. in the universe. It's funny how that works. Uh, the hotness, I'm sure, mm-hmm. came into play. Yes. So you go through the most of the first level is just basic stuff uh there's a level where you have to fight a bunch of copters and then eventually harley comes back and, and you have to fight her plus you have to fight this crane that's uh coming back and forth and i, will I say often it, fight cranes the effect the effect of the uh, crane is awesome i will give them credit do you remember the game um balls i think what it was called which it was all based on balls yeah, it's like, like a fighting game right? yeah yeah, yeah. It's that kind of. Uh, I'm trying to think of another game that has that kind of same kind of gimmick, where the, there's a series of balls in a line, and they use it to make the illusion of. Thr- yeah, of, it's of, like of,
1: scrolling, or it's like scaling using right. using balls to scale.
0: And and this that is one of the that little scene reminds me of what irritates me about this game. Hidden in this mess of gaming, difficulty wise, is some pretty nice effects, some nice scrolling. It runs fast. Uh, it looks pretty good I mean I was otherwise I looked' let it looked pretty good uh, for the most part and but that I'd say the, the, of all the things I saw I thought the crane was the most interesting thing in the whole game mm-hmm. visually I right. thought it was interesting to look at so uh, eventually you run across the game which are the, the series of uh, events in the first level that reminds me of bad dudes where you run around the, on this endless convoy of trucks before you finally get to the Joker in a huge uh, like uh chompy, big chomping mouth, hot air balloon, and you take him down. I will say when the Joker dies or falls, he lays down and just looks like Maude. It's uh, it's pretty appealing, because the Joker's a, a pretty amusing foil. Now, the
1: Joker never actually dies in any of the versions of the Batman universe, right?
0: Oh yeah, well I mean in the comic books everyone dies a million times. I mean, so it's hard to say, but I mean in the animated show, uh, well again you'd have to really get into it and watch it That's, uh, if you're gonna watch a Batman Beyond which was sort of the natural end of that show I think he does meet his demise but but no one's really sure right um, by the way just uh Batman in the, in the show is voiced by a guy named Kevin Con- uh Con. Conroy, I think is his name, Conway, and the Joker is voiced by Mark Hamill of Star of Star Wars fame, and he's got a lot of he's got a lot of praise. For I his think ability. he's probably more famous from his role in
1: Wing Commander, to be honest.
0: He with was you. listen. I liked Wing. I liked him in Wing Commander. I, I liked him in everything he's done. Uh, but this, his Joker is the he's the best. He, yeah, the best. Is, his
1: Joker is you really know, good. He
0: is number one with a bullet. So uh, that's the first level. I'm not going to be as full with all these other levels. So the second level. Is, is Two Face. Okay, it's called a two sided story. This one, the first section, just puts you on an ele- it's the old elevator level. Yeah, right. The, We've the all worst. seen them. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, uh, Heavy it's Barrel like, or something. Streets of Rage. Yeah. China, they've all got them. And then uh, you have to fight some uh, a Zeppelins, cannons. Now, this, this level does do something that is sprinkled throughout the game it has a flying level. Um, it is generic. Um, it's generic-looking shooter, basically. I mean, it's just it's not—it's plain Jane. There was nothing special about it, in my opinion. I wasn't so overly impressed with it. It's, I mean, this this was not our type. You right. know what I'm saying? It's just it's just some—it's okay. It breaks up the other parts of the level, but it's not like I was like one like oh yeah, this is the stuff. If you'll recall, there was another Batman game where they added like a driving level, and the driving level was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like, you're like, oh, this is nice. This, I would say, is a step below that. Um, so, the the boss at this one, you finally end up fighting this huge helicopter, and you have to fight Two Face himself, you know, Celebi. So, the third level, probably my favorite level, Tea Time. Tea Time features the Mad Hatter in a cartoon, he's voiced by Roddy McDowell. Which I, I absolutely love. Right? I don't know
1: anything about him. Really? Yeah.
0: You don't know who Roddy McDowell is? Mm, I thought you were
1: going to say Roddy Roddy Piper. Do you
0: know? Do you ever watched uh, Planet of the Apes? No. Have you ever seen uh, Fright Night? We've reviewed it on Amigos. So you haven't seen the movie no. though. <sighs> you don't know who Roddy McDowell is. You ever seen Hell House?
1: These don't sound like movies I would watch. Okay.
0: Well, trust me when I tell you he was he was like president of the Screen Actors Guild for like a long time. He's a big deal. Okay so look him up but he's awesome he did the voice of the mad hatter and he did it great so i was sort of looking forward to a mad hatter level but this level is ridiculous i mean i, I cheated my way to get there and it was i couldn't do anything i just got mauled super tough level uh the uh, uh the, it's called tea time and there's on the first level this is these things that are i had to look up what they were called they're called shock puppets these things they suck. I mean, they're—I couldn't get past them and save my life. They were just really tough. Um, and this one, you fight a robotic cat face that's curtain draws. You have to fight this big flat face, and these little cat paws come out. Weird. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> it's very strange. What do you want? And then you also fight a Robo Pinocchio at one point. <laughs> now that I can get behind. Yeah, yeah I know what you mean. Um, there's also a neat section. It's a flying section where you're flying down a tunnel, and the tunnel scrolls out like this, and it's real well done. It's another mm-hmm. aspect. It's of like the game. a trench, trench, trench run sort of deal. I'm trying to think what I can compare it to. Sort of, it's sort of like Stun Runner or something. Just like it was really neat the way it was, and it was real uh, trippy, you know. But again, that was cool. But it's a lot like a laser just game. I well, at that background, but the foreground is not, not so good. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, you. Uh, of course, you fight you fight the boss, and he's got he flies around his huge hat, and he's you know which I guess he could do that, but anyway, <laughs> I didn't think that was that good either. So finally, you get to the end, and it's called Snow in July. Uh, again, it's some snow stuff. There's flying with a jet pack. You fight Mister Freeze, wham bam, Bob's your uncle. You crack his helmet, kill him, or wipe him out. And at the end of the game, it shows him in Arkham telling Batman he's going to get vengeance. And then that I mean the ending of this was crap. I was like, that's all? It was what you would expect. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, here's a newsflash. This company never did another thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, they were well known for really pushing the limits, but in the end, they didn't make a good game. Uh, and this game is just known as being too difficult. To, you know, push cut the show. So, your thoughts. <clears throat> yeah,
1: I, you know, I, I really wanted to like this game because at first... I thought, well, I can get behind this. It's 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 got simple controls. I like the way that you can jump up on the ledge above you and swing and, out and, and, and kick, kick the guys. Yeah, I thought that was that's cool. That's
0: great until the gutters come out yeah.
1: and your you your bone. Uh, there are some control things that that hamper this game. One is you don't turn fast enough. Uh, in Contra, you know, you, you you are able to you hit the button and the guy immediately spins around. There's a slight delay that means certain doom in this game. Um, you know, it's it's not a one-hit kill game. You do have a health bar, and there are power-ups scattered about. But I I always get frustrated when I can't even beat the first level, and that's that's where I was with this one.
0: This game is known for its difficulty, so it's not as usual. I know how to pick them, uh, and this is a tough one. Um, in fact, the, the the third level has been called one of the hardest levels in any game. Uh, so your mileage may vary. You know, I wanted to like it too, but there were again, I knew right out of the gate, I'm like, here we go. Batman chucking all these stupid batarangs. And, and and I knew when I got to the level with all the gun guys, if there was one gun guy, I mean this is the, this is the first this is like the third screen of the first level. Let us figure out what we're doing yeah. for God's I sake. I thought that
1: this game had I mean, it's sort of in the in the beat 'em up tradition. But even for a beat-em-up, it had so many bad guys. Yes, yeah. I mean, they really opened the floodgates, and these guys just pour out.
0: And you can't really, like, they're on, like, I like a lot of games where you could pick up and, like, toss them and it, like, wipes out a bunch of guys. This isn't that type of game. No. It's more of a shooter. Mm-hmm. It's if you're like, in a hand-to-hand combat zone, you, You're way, they're way too close. I would call it a Gryzor clone. Now, you can build up your secondary weapon, all right? And after a while, that really gets you a long ways. But Mm -hmm. I can never get far enough to build it up enough. I mean, well, I
1: I, I would build it up to where I felt like I was good, and then I would die and lose it.
0: And that, and it's it's so frustrating, especially. And also, when you take those continues, of course, as usual, you start at the beginning of the level, which is beyond frustrating. So yeah, I can't I can't say that I enjoyed it. I tried to, and even the animation. So it's okay. But you know, not having the voice acting and not having any sort of cutscenes, it was a real letdown. Now, with that said, the Mega Drive version, the Mega, the Mega CD version of this has little clips in it. It has voice acting, uh, which would probably go a long way. But I still don't think I could recommend it even with that stuff. I mean, I would probably watch the video, but not actually you know want to play the game. Um, This reviewed, and it was it, it did okay really. Sega Mag gave it a ninety. Player One gave it eighty-seven. Uh, video Games 85. Here's a good here's a good magazine. Quebec Gamers eighty. Retro Gaming History though this is when they start to dip. The newer reviews seventy percent. Well look what year that Quebec Gamers is. Yeah, two thousand ten. Mm-hmm. So they, they they you'd think they would have killed it. EGM gave it a six point nine out of ten. So, it, you know, and boy, here you go. The Video Game Critic, February 2006, 33 D+. Plus. And then, uh, so those were not the best scores, but they it, would you give this an 80 or a 90? I, no. I couldn't know Now, we're not great. So maybe if you're really awesome at the game, you might, I don't know. So, on eBay, this was rather a surprise. You know, when we've been doing these console games, and you think Genesis games, they're, they're giving these things out when you buy uh, a cheeseburger, right. right? Not this one, they're not. Mm. Um, the card only, right, 18 to 22 bucks, right? Which that's a lot for just the cart. Yeah. The uh, uh, boxed copy of this, you're going to I saw, and this is mostly on the high end of this, between 30 and 70 bucks. Oh my gosh. And then I saw a couple sealed copies. In fact, there was one up 100 bucks and they'd sold. So there you go. This is a, a likable title. I looked up the Mega Drive versions to see if there's a, any variance there. Um, someone in china's making these things which that right there tells you they've got some worth because Mm -hmm. they wouldn't be cranking these out if they didn't 16 bucks and but if you want a boxed version a mega drive version 125 bucks and it's sold so there you go so if you want to pay a lot of money for and and then be really frustrated this is a game for you (laughs) vote let's take it let's let you take it away what do you got
1: all right so my game this week is daytona and by that (laughs) i mean virtual racing (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, um, it was a couple years before they discovered that was an awesome thing to do.
0: <laughs>
1: so, uh, virtual racing, I'm going to talk a lot about the arcade machine that this is based off of, uh, before I get into the, the home conversion. So right. this was released in 1992 and was developed by Sega AM2. Uh, the individual developer was this guy named Yu Suzuki. Have you heard of him before? Yeah, I've heard of him. I thought so, because he invented Space Harrier, OutRun, Hang On, Afterburner, and Virtua Fighter. Yeah,
0: man. <laughs> so what, a, what a resume. He's yeah. got
1: a little bit of a pedigree. Yeah. Um, this game was uh, an attempt to bring a polygonal 3D-based racing title into the, the next generation. Uh, of course, the... Um, there were three D polygonal racers before this. Um, there was a game called Winning Run in uh, in nineteen eighty eight that uses a lot used a lot of polygons. But uh, Hard Driving is really it was the first three D virtual or you know racing simulator or actually driving simulator. Hard Driving is not really a racing game, is
0: it? Which we own. Yeah. By the way, I own that game. I'm dying to sell it. <laughs> I'm interested in buying one? But yeah, it, Hard Driving was the first one I played of that type. Mm-hmm. And man. I remember I remember blown away. I was like holy smokes this is just like driving a real car right so you right got a key <laughs>
1: and so this this game sort of took what hard driving did and just made it better made it fun <laughs> yeah yeah made it fun um, so um, this is uh, this was also the first Virtua title um, that, uh, that that was released uh, this became a brand for Sega later on down the line and they had you know virtual racing Virtua Fighter Virtua cop. Virtual on, yeah. Um, so we're they were fighting game. Yeah, there's there's virtual a, kids. That's that's a lie. That's not
0: a game. no. That's a game. Virtual fighter kids, the little kids. Yeah, mm. I swear to God, look it up.
1: <laughs> um, so the uh, the original arcade game and our our port uh, has three different tracks. Uh, there is uh, they're split into beginner, intermediate, and advanced. The beginner is called the Big Forest. Uh, the intermediate is called the Bay Bridge, and the expert level is Acropolis. Ooh. Yeah, um, each level has its own special feature that you can view as you're you're spinning around it. Uh, big Forest has a uh, amusement park; you can see the Ferris wheel in the background. Uh, Bay Bridge, the big attraction is the bridge, mm-hmm. of course. Makes sense. And Acropolis is just known because it's got this it's got this tight hairpin turn. You go down this stretch, and then it's literally just doubles back on itself. So those are the three stages. Um, when you select a car, you can uh, choose between different transmission types. And there are some crazy transmission types. There's, like a, there's a special thing you can press to get a seven-speed transmission, which, I mean, I'm, I am automatic only <laughs> oh, when it yeah. comes to these yeah. games. Yeah. I don't we, need I'm any added complexity. Yeah. Um, and the, the thing that made this awesome, and I remember playing this for the first time over at Rock Lake, um, the, the, uh, <laughs> yes, the, yes. the Putt-Putt Arcade Laser Tag Arena nearby where we live. And uh, it was just so cool that they had the view the different views. There were three or four different views you could three. select yeah. with with buttons right there on the console. And at, I, any time, yeah, at any time. Yeah, at right. any time. And so it was so cool to be able to see the bird's eye view or get the on the cockpit or whatever. So I thought that was awesome. Um, so uh, all versions of virtual racing in the arcades were linkable up to eight players so you could have you could have some pretty massive races and we've done that yeah you were just talking about our buddy
0: our buddy who has an arcade in Charleston has uh, what's he got four of these linked up and he's even got little TVs that go on top of them so people can watch you play
1: yeah they they were actually they were known those TVs were known as live monitors and they would sit on top the twin cabinets and uh, replay action shots occurring with actual players and there was actually even a virtual commentator named Vert McPolygon Vert McPolygon (laughs) <laughs> that would give Not you play by play. That. Yeah, no, I really yeah. Have. I missed out on Bert.
0: Bert McPollygill, yeah, what a name.
1: So, um, home console version of this game, you know, I chose this game to review on the Genesis. And um, this game was too, was in, in, the long and short of it is, it's, it was too advanced for the Genesis. They had to do some internal cartridge modifications to get this thing to work, by which means that they soldered a whole new chip onto the cart to give it the ability to push this many polygons out. Um, there was a, uh, a, a, the cartridge design was known as the Sega Virtual Processor, the SVP, and um, the what everybody remembers about this game, aside from how impressive it was to see on the Genesis, was how expensive it was. Yeah. Uh, in 1994, we're nearing the end of the Genesis' life uh, span, and it was selling for about 100 bucks. This cart retailed for about 100 bucks. So yeah. the, the the cart was as expensive as the machine.
0: I believe it uh, had the same circuitry that was like in the thir- 32x, right? It might, it might. Yeah, I mean, it's at least very similar. Now
1: I will tell you that this game, because of because of this chip, uh, it locked it out of uh, both Majesco's re-release Genesis three from 1998, so not the original Genesis three, but the second model. Yeah. And it wouldn't work on any Genesis with a 32x. You had to take the 32X out there to are, get that to work.
0: You also can't play any. Uh, you can't play any Master System games with the 32X in. Hmm. Yeah, so the 32X has some kind of. Who knows?
1: Who knows what's going yeah. on in that thing? It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, however, if you have a 32X, you're in luck because the Sega 32X version, which was known as Virtual Racing Deluxe, yeah, uh, it was also released in 1994. So Sega, it was clear that they didn't know what they were doing with the 32X. <laughs> <So> they,
0: <laughs> wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. They launched this for the Genesis, and then they launched the thing. To play in the special thing the same year.
1: Right. So instead of making Virtual Racer their killer app for their new console, they're like, well, we'll just release a Genesis version, too. <laughs> Can you imagine it's, that? Well, it's 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 the Amiga in action, you now, know? It's,
0: now, <laughs> did you get a price on the Deluxe? Because uh, I'm wondering if the price on the Deluxe was cheap enough to where you could get the 32X, plus the deluxe for under the amount of money it would cost that Wouldn't that one. be funny?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've never
0: heard that. I've played the 32X version. It's better.
1: And, well, it's got two extra cars, and it's got two extra tracks. Yeah. So there's no reason not to get the 32X version. Uh, there was also a Saturn version that I'm sure was yeah, awesome. Yeah, which it is. And, uh, and then PlayStation 2 version came out a couple of years later. Actually, about 10 years later. Um, a couple of years. <laughs> it was called Virtual Racing Flat Out, and I have never, I've, I've never played that. that. Yeah, no, um, I'm not,
0: I'm not familiar with that one.
1: Yeah, it includes three new courses and four new cars. Really? Yeah. We may
0: have to get that. I've got a PS2. Yeah,
1: mm. yeah. So um, this game, I love this game. I think it's great. It, it, it combines a lot of the things that I like about other racing games into one. Um, it's got really, it's a very bright environment. You know, the sky is super blue. The colors really pop. Uh, even though the the textures are all polygonal, they're drawn in a kind of a stylized way. They didn't try and make it too realistic. So, you know, everything is really crisp and bright, even on the Genesis version. Um, the Genesis version does have more pop-in. It does have more dithering and things like that. But it's still, it runs super, super fast. Um, they, I didn't detect any slowdown in what I was doing. Uh, I was able to, you know, go through the different the different viewpoints and everything. It was fine. Um I was not very good at this game, even at the beginner level. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't win. But I played it a bunch of times. One thing I didn't like is I didn't like that you you couldn't play the other tracks at the beginner level. Like I wish you could have played the hairpin track yeah. at the beginner level. Yeah, was, and
0: they're, they're, they get tougher yeah, too. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, another thing I like about this is that um, the. Uh, when you wreck, it's not like pole position where your car blows up and you have to wait for your car to reappear. This is more like Outrun or more like Lotus where, you know, your car spins out of control but always lands on its feet and you're actually right off again. Right, you Wrecking know? is
0: sort of a slight inconvenience.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. So I like that a lot. What did you think of this game?
0: First of all, I'm a big fan of this in the arcade. Mm-hmm. I played it it a lot, and I always thought it was fun. And I'm not a big racing guy, but I had some success with this. I always liked it. And I went on to like the Daytonas and the touring cars. I like that. So I'm not necessarily great at them, but they're fun. Mm -hmm. I look at this game in two different lights. As a Genesis game, it's quite astounding. If you consider this was running on a 68,000 processor, then they put in some souped-up junk to make it work. It's amazing to get a playable passable game with that process with that you know, base system that much said uh the frame rate is not good i've never liked it it's not the arcade is really smooth uh this is not as smooth this has some weird it it do, you don't get the same feeling when there's a when the ground slants it's very jarring almost it almost feels to me like your car is on the center of the screen, and which is this is it is. I mean, and and, and everything's moving around you, mm-hmm. which it is. But other games, other verses get make the illusion of that work. Right. And this one doesn't for me. Uh, it I guess it's just the unsmoothness of the uneven grounds moving around. Uh, this thing doesn't have the little bells and whistles that I like, the cool sparks and all the stuff that that, that you would get in the other games. Got sparks. It's not the same. They're not the same. They don't look as cool. They the uh, uh, I do. I will say it's. I mean, it's as a technical achievement, it's impressive. If I had nothing but a Genesis, all right, and this came out, and I was a big fan, and I bought it, I would not be disappointed. Okay, so that's sort of the ultimate compliment. However, the CD32X ver- or the 32X version is way better. The, S- the Saturn version is way better uh, than this one. Not just because of the extra stuff. I mean, just it, I mean, which it would be. It's mm-hmm. a it's a Saturn. Uh, so. What I have paid upwards of $100 for it, which in today's money, God knows how much it is, a couple hundred bucks for this? No. Because I, I... Is this the best racing game on the Genesis? Let's go down that road. This has all that extra hardware and it costs all that much money. Would you consider this your favorite racing title on the platform? Because it, it should be for the extra amount of money you've got to pay, right? I mean, it, can you think of better ones than this one? I mean, it is good. That's why, I, so that's why I pose the question. I think because prob- the Genesis isn't really known for its racing titles, is it? I mean, really. I think you know,
1: probably. Well, that no, I still prefer Outrun on the Genesis. The Outrun on See, the Genesis. See, I, I have big. to agree
0: with you, but but Outrun isn't nearly as. Um, um, <laughs> this is a much more challenging title to yeah. pull off. Outrun came out what eighty three or something right. like this. This came out. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> much, much later, and I
1: really, and, and that's that's really, you know, I've played Outrun for years and years and years, and I've barely scratched the surface of, of virtual racing. Maybe virtual racing, it would become my favorite if I gave it some more time.
0: Well, I, I just, I, I, like I said, I can look at this in 2018 eyes uh, because there are other easier, better ways to play it, mm-hmm. and it wasn't too long after this was released. I mean, clearly the same year, right? Uh, the 32X would have been the way to go, yeah. and also you knew that the Saturn was coming. This would probably get ported to that. You know, I probably wouldn't have paid the hundred bucks on a, on a console that was at literally at the very, very edge of its uh, of its uh, lifespan.
1: I agree with that. You know? for sure.
0: so all that said, this was also a fool's folly to put this out. The amount of money they spent on this, and the amount of time and effort they spent to make this work on the Genesis, is one of the main reasons why Sega you know, got crushed. I mean, they really this was a, a idiotic and an idiotic waste of money. Uh, I mean, did they achieve their goal? Yes, but at the cost of any sort of sanity. They had this money and time from a team of this quality could have been spent gearing up the Saturn, which they you know, ended up they botched that too. They botched the launch of that. So, you know, it's this actually this the genesis you know, we talk about all these different consoles, and the Genesis, in my mind, always takes a back seat to the Super Nintendo. In this country, for sure, right? I mean, I think people look at the Genesis less fondly than they do Super Nintendo. And I think part of the reason is, and this, and this I'm going off on a tangent here, but I think part of the reason is the Genesis makes me sad. It was such a promising, great console, and it ended so stupidly. And it was the beginning of the end of Sega as a as a company that manufactured video games. Well, it was
1: also the beginning of the beginning for Sega
0: too. It was their well, beginning you're and you're right. Yeah, it was. <laughs> they, they, it's like they caught lightning in a bottle, and then mm-hmm. they got shocked. Mm-hmm. You know, like well, they couldn't handle it. Uh, if only they had. I mean, they should have. They should never have released that 32X. They shouldn't have released this, uh, and they should have released the Saturn in a proper way. Then you got something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so well, it, that's, yeah, that's my
1: thoughts. That's it. Yeah, and and we could we could talk about the, all the follies of you know it, right. Sega couldn't have they couldn't have imagined that 3D games would take off the way that they would, and they designed the Saturn primarily as a 2D system. And yeah, yeah. There, there were there mistakes were made.
0: But they were they had screwed up that market. They had screwed up well before the Saturn yeah. game. Well, they
1: they 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 announced and launched the Saturn on the same day. I know. Was, I
0: know. <laughs> something else before we get off the subject. Uh, amongst the other things that bugged me about this game is that sometimes, depending on what view you're in, the background would get really just weird. Like it would, like you would almost the track and some of the grass, around right, It would kind of go into this like mystery zone. Mm-hmm. You know, you there would be a lot of see-through. And again, I feel bad. Uh, I don't want to. I'm not here to kill this game because it's an incredible technological feat. But it just it shows you the difficulty of something of this complexity that was smashed into a cartridge and stuck in the Genesis. So in that aspect, it's quite remarkable. If I were to come across one of these cartridges for a a, a song, I'd buy the hell out of it, just because it's such a... It's just an amusing, interesting piece of video game history. Mm -hmm. So in that, I would definitely give it its merits. And as a technical achievement, i give it its merits. And as a playable game, i give it its merits. So I guess, actually, I sort of recommend it, but, you know, I have my qualms about it
1: uh it reviewed extremely well um, oh, I it bet. reviewed and it reviewed in the 80s and 90s you know um, the Genesis magazines, I'm sure, were going through the same thing that the Amiga magazines were going through, where towards the end of any console's lifespan, they're desperately trying to stay in business, and they don't want to give any game a horrible review. But this game is, mm, is an yeah. outstanding achievement on the system. Yes. Uh, when you consider, you know, that it launched with, you know, a bunch of arcade conversions. So, um, well, this is an arcade conversion too. But you
0: know <laughs> what I mean. Good job.
1: Yeah. Um, so uh, this game also won a bunch of awards. Um, so in 1994, it it was was awarded fourth place on Mega's list of top Mega Drive games of all time Mega being a magazine
0: fourth place of all time yeah
1: um let's see uh this is uh, get this in 2015 it was third place on IGN's list of the top 10 most influential racing games ever can you can you tell me what number one and number two were
0: pole position should be up there that's number one um influential of all time of all time outrun has gotta be up there doesn't it
1: well I mean I'm sure it's up there but it's not number two um, think um, more modern Ridge Racer think more modern
0: more modern than Ridge Racer yeah what Daytona game,
1: no what game sold a billion Playstation 2's and Playstation 1's
0: Ridge Racer <laughs> Which Well, one more, we more, ours?
1: more Playstation 2 oh Gran Turismo Gran Turismo yeah, it's. I can understand that because it, it did like it is... the
0: genre of realistic unplayable right. games.
1: Right. Right. <laughs>
0: I'm not a fan of the, of the realistic driving. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Game. But anyway, I can. I can see pole position, sure. Grand Turismo. Absolutely. Because
0: it, I mean, you can't deny it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, look this up on eBay. You can have it for a song and sell it all day for under twenty bucks. Really? Yeah. Complete. May
0: hmm. have so. to grab it because I can't play this. In my. Uh, all That's time. true. This
1: would be a good one to <laughs> yeah. own. All right, Aaron. That concludes our look at the Mega Drive. You know what time it is. It's time to spin the wheel. And make the deal. So Bo, what do we got this week? So this week we have a new addition to our wheel. We have the Virtual Boy. Okay. Um, so we have on the wheel many things. Um, so we're gonna give this wheel a spin and see new how it, it goes. No to beat around the
0: bush for frog.
1: All right, it looks like the Sega SG-1000.
0: What?
1: Is the uh, our next <laughs> our next title?
0: The Sega SG1. Boat, I've got no idea what I've t- I have no idea what's in here. I remember what I picked. All right. So that's mine. That's yours. So uh, I think it's your time to go first this time around. Okay. I've picked Girls Garden. <laughs> now do you know anything about Girls Garden? I at do. All? I do. You do. Yes. Okay. I picked Hero. Hero. And I'm hoping it's like the hero that I know Activist's about. Activision's
1: own hero. So mm-hmm.
0: I guess next week we'll be playing some SG 1000 Sega Sega, two in a row. Sounds good. So if you're into what we do here, if you're down with the wheel, you want to throw us a few bucks, we got a Patreon. Bo, what's the scoop on the Patreon?
1: Amigos.com slash Patreon slash oops. And we. we None of that was correct. Patreon.com slash Amigos Podcast. I
0: would have just kept right (laughs) on track, too. And, uh, you know, a few bucks, hey, it'd be great. We'd appreciate it. If not, no biggie, man. And we also are selling some shirts, including some ARG-related shirts.
1: That's right. If you go on over to tpublic.com slash store slash Amiga Tees, you can check them out.
0: Beautiful. So what do you think? SG-1000 next week? Let's do it. All right. So we'll see you next week for some Sega action. And until then,
1: adios. Adios. John, making a new podcast.